Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit ByteRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Amy Robertson, and we will be talking about her work, also her um, Awakening with Amy show and her work with crystalline energy. Amy works with the magic of crystalline energy. People often call her the Crystal Queen, the Akashic Record, and other powerful spiritual systems and modalities. Her ability to heal others and to channel higher wisdom has grown more intense and more powerful than she could have ever imagined. Amy embraced her gifts and owned her power as a gifted empath, super intuitive, healer, and spiritual coach. Today, Amy shares her gift with an amazing global community of spirituals, creatives, healers, and conscious entrepreneurs. She feels so blessed, honored, and grateful that she is uh, gets to guide, coach, and support beautiful souls to live their dreams. Amy has a marketing has marketing and business degrees and certifications. She is a meditation teacher, master Akashic Record instructor, Reiki master, teacher, life coach, crystal teacher, tantra, and Ayurvedic yoga teacher, and she mentors students worldwide. For more information, you can visit her website, which is theamyrobeson.com, and that's T-H-E-A-M-Y-R-O-B-E-S-O-N dot com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Amy to the show. Good day, Amy. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm good. Thank you. I, I, I am in the throes of that Mercury retrograde. <laughs> it just beats me down. <laughs> well, we're at the <laughs> <tall> end of it. <laughs> I, I know, and it just can't get over soon enough. <laughs> but anyway, I'm so I glad feel, to be able to. I, I feel you. This has been, I normally am never affected by Mercury retrograde stuff. And this this time, it's been really, really bad this round. Um, but it's because I think the servers, there's been some major servers that have gone down, like for Google and Amazon, which affects every app and everything that's, a part of our technology world, so we're we're at the tail end. We're gonna it, today already feels better than yesterday. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Well, I, I had uh, a computer crash, a hard drive, you know, wiped out. I've had modem <laughs> dying. I mean, this is, oh. and, and, and like you, normally retrograde is kind of okay for me. I mean, I you know, I mean, it, usually I get some minimal kind of impact, but this one has just beaten me. So anyway, I'm glad that we're at the end of it. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. So I'm so interested to talk to you about 
several of the modalities that you use. And um, first of all, I'd like to start with the uh, – I mentioned, you know, you work with crystalline energy. So can you tell us um, a little bit about that, kind of like how – when you started that and, and just um, what is the power of, of that kind of energy? Yeah, so um, I have been around crystals my whole life. My my mom collected crystals, my grandma collected crystals, and so um, I've I've had crystals. And then when I started meditating and started doing hands-on healing, um, that's when I started really like feeling and hearing the crystals want to be supportive in the work that I was doing and wanted to. Um, help with healings, and it was just really, um, like, my eyes really opened up to, like, how different we can work with them when we start working with them and putting them on our bodies. And every crystal that you see um, that's a tangible crystal, a rock, um, has a little light being in it, and the light being wants to support us, wants to help us on our journey, wants to um, support us in manifesting, and each each crystal and energy is very different and unique than one another, and they all have their own unique gifts, just like us humans have our own unique gifts, and we can use the crystalline energy to balance out the elements within the body, because we are made up of earth, water, fire, air, ether, and when we use the elements to balance out the elements within our body, we can get into balance much quicker, which is really, really neat. Yeah. That, you know, I've been around them uh, probably for about 30 years is when I've really kind of taken notice of them and, you know, kind of surrounded myself with them. But I just haven't really used them. I mean, you know, in, in – I mean, other than having them nearby for, you know, whatever kind of stuff yeah. they want to provide. I'm kind of open to that. Um, but uh, so, go ahead. Definitely start using them. You can use them. Well, you're attracted to them for some reason. Even if they're sitting on a shelf or they're in your house, you're, you are attracted to them for some reason. And some crystals are really meant to be anchors in our house um, or in different areas of our um, in our life or what have you, like if you have a particular crystal that you really love to have on your desk, um, that's that's exactly what it's wanting to do and wanting to be. And then there's crystals that want to meditate with us. There's crystals that want to go into grids so that they can be beacons to help call in or help expel something from our energy field. And so the best way that you can start working with them is just to meditate with them. And so if you get up in the morning or in the afternoon or the evening, whenever it is that you're wanting to meditate, you can just see what crystal you're guided to work with. And you can either just place it on your body or you can just hold it in your hand or um, and meditate with it. And it will support your meditation. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a, a great way, you know, to kind of enter into the idea of, you know, using them a little bit more than rather than. I mean, they do sit on my desk, you know, but you know, it's kind of like uh, 
you know, I'm sure you can do more for me. Let me figure out how to do that. So that's, that's good to know about using them, like holding them during a meditation and, and that kind of thing. It would, uh, I would, I'm sure, increase the, the power just by that physical connection. Oh, yeah. And, like, even when uh, my nephew, he's, he's older now, he's 20, but when he was a, a little boy, I would give him crystals, and I would say, you know, anytime you're nervous or scared, just, you know, just keep these in your pocket. They'll always protect you. And my sister would always find his crystals in his pocket whenever she would wash, wash his clothes from coming home from school. And so, you know, you can just carry them with you. You can wear them as jewelry. And, and that's the thing. They're, 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 they're meant to support us in so many different ways. And we don't have to understand how they're supporting us. We just have to believe that they're supporting us. Well, that's great. Good. Now, I, I know some folks um, like to live in the, in the windowsill during a full moon for, for energizing. Is that there something to that? Oh, yeah. So, you know, we have different auspicious times of the year. And so we can place the the crystals in the in the moonlight to help give them an extra little boost of energy or to charge them with some different auspicious energies or portal energies. Um, and then we can also um, place them in other other various ways to either connect with them. You can also just place them directly outside or um, you just want to practice safety when you're doing that because if it's going to rain, some crystals don't like, don't like getting wet or um, if you live in an area that likes to to where you have little animals outside that might want to steal them, um, that can happen too. So you just want to practice safety with it. Yeah, that's good. They kind of treat them like a little beans. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't yeah, want to exactly. to get out there and get wet, and you wouldn't want to be taken away by an animal. So, so definitely keep that in mind for the crystal. Oh, good. Okay. Now, in the introduction, I also. Um, mentioned that about your work with the Akashic Records. So yeah. for, for our listeners who may not know what the records are, would you mind sharing with us, you know, what, what they are? And, and then when and how did you, um, begin to use them or contact them? Yeah, so the, what, what the records are, they are an energetic field of infinite possibilities. Every word, deep thought from the moment your soul is incepted is recorded in the Akashic field. And we can go into the Akashic records because everything and everybody has an Akashic record, even a crystal, an animal, a tree. You, um, everyone has an Akashic record, and you can go into the records and ask for love and guidance and support in any and all areas of our life. And because the records tracks and records everything about the soul, it can share information about previous lifetimes, this lifetime, and future possibilities. And we can use the records. So I always like to tell everybody, you can use the records for the past, the present, and the future. And the guardians, which are also known as the masters, teachers, and loved ones, want to support us in evolving. And they don't ever 
judge you. So you can show up as messy as you want, as distraught as you want, <laughs> or or how um, how prepared as you want. They just want you to show up because they want to support you, and they take in consideration all of the journeys your soul has ever been on that brought you to that moment and all of the journeys that your soul possibly can go on. And then they give you advice based on their perspective of where your soul is going and where your soul wants to go and your higher self wants to go. And um, how I found the records were by accident. Um, I When I was um, – when I transitioned from – uh, moving that transition. I moved from Wisconsin to South Carolina to be with my now husband, and I cracked my tailbone for the second time in my life, and I could feel myself slipping into a deep depression, and I didn't want to go into a super deep depression, so I've been there before where I didn't feel like I wanted to be here. I didn't want to live anymore. And so I knew that before I cracked my tailbone, I was getting guidance to learn how to meditate, and I was having really bad dreams, and I wanted to learn how to interpret my dreams so I could understand what my subconscious was sharing with me. And so I found a meditation teacher that helped me to learn how to meditate, to balance my chakras, and to do dream interpretation. Well, within that course, I decided I was, like, one, really good at meditating, and I really loved it because I loved all the visuals and images and things that I was getting in meditation. And I wanted to go deeper, and so she offered this teacher meditation course, and it sounds so simple, but it wasn't. It was a mediumship course that um, taught how to do, like, exorcism, hands-on healings, um, channeling, you name it, it was in the course. And that's when I unconsciously started accessing the records, and then the records really started speaking to me, and then I just went down the rabbit hole of learning all these different modalities, and specifically the Akashic Records, because I was so in alignment with them, and it's a tool that I find um, to be one of the best life tools in my toolbox, because it gives me, it's like having your best friends on speed dial, or on demand, because uh, we don't have speed dial anymore, we just press a button on the phone, <laughs> but... It, mm-hmm. We we have our guides just on demand, and they want to support us, and they want to um, give us advice that sometimes not even our best friends can honestly share with us because they might be scared to hurt our feelings. And the guardians are always going to share things that, one, you're prepared for, and, two, that they're always going to say it in a way that uplifts you and makes you think about how you can do things differently. And they always offer different perspectives as well. So it's just a really amazing tool. And I teach how to open the records using the crystalline energy. Okay. Wow. That's, uh, that would be wonderful to be able to have that non-judgmental uh, kind of guidance, uh, you know, to be able to, you know, kind of navigate, you know, life's challenges. Um, so now when you access the, okay, you were talking about accessing it kind of for yourself, you know, and that, you know, kind of getting guidance um, on your, you know, your soul's journey and, and kind of what lies ahead. 
What about for other people? Now, you know, I mean, the I would think that there is a, um, a kind of a, a, a guidance, I mean, a, a way that, you know, someone's cash records aren't open for general viewing, I guess is maybe a way to put it. So how how does how does it work to make sure that you know someone doesn't tap into something that they shouldn't you know that, that it's really not about them? Oh, yeah. So I teach people how to open the records for themselves, and I teach people how to open the records for other people. Um, anytime we're in the records for ourselves, we need to, or opening it for someone else, we have to abide by spiritual laws. So I can't go in my records and ask questions about my husband without his permission. Now, I can ask things that pertain to me and that pertain to our relationship. So, for example, let's say we got into a disagreement. And I want to learn mm-hmm. how to better communicate with my husband. I can go in my records and say, um, you know, my husband and I, we got into a disagreement. Can you offer a different perspective on the argument? And they might hear something that I never considered. And then I can ask, like, hey, how can I better communicate next time so I feel seen and heard? And then they'll say something. And then um, I might even ask, like, can you share something that I'm not considering in this argument that will allow me to have a different level of empathy. And they might share something like that. And so it's, it's, we want to stay within spiritual laws. And I do like group readings like online on social media for um, my podcast listeners and things like that. And when we're, when we're doing them, um, I always tell people at the end, like, I'm not going in anywhere. If I'm doing a healing for someone, even though we're doing it in the Akash, I'm not going in there um, and going to ask questions about them because that's none of my business, and that would break a spiritual mm-hmm. law. But if I'm doing a healing, it's done in the Akash, and we're working higher self to higher self, and that's what the healing is for and strictly for that only. And so we always want to make sure that, we're always staying within spiritual laws because you have no business asking questions that you don't have permission to ask about someone else's records. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, that was you know that uh, that was what kind of um, you know made me wonder. You know, in the sense that I you know I, I look at my understanding of the Akashic records as kind of like. You know, that uh, greater consciousness, the super conscious, according to Jung, or the yeah. or God, or, you know, or the source, or yeah. whatever. But, I mean, it's one of those that it, it's kind of like um, source of everything. I mean, past, present, yeah. and future. Um, and, I, and I noticed that you, when you reference future, that you, you um, put it in the sense of possibilities. Um, yes, so, and that's really important. Yeah. So, so with that is, um, is that then kind of support the idea of free will in the sense that you know any actions that we take will alter what the future presents? 
You got it, my dear. Absolutely. So everything that the guardians share inside of the record, you have free will. You don't have to take their advice. You don't have to take action on it. Um, and it's totally up to you if you want to do it. And sometimes, like, I know for me, like, they'll share things with me, and sometimes I take the action on it, sometimes I don't. And it's, it's I have free will. And, um, like, I want, I wanted to, like, I got certified in yoga, and um, I went into the records, and I asked, like, hey, I want to get a yoga teaching job at one of the studios. Um, what studios do you recommend I go and and apply at, and what do I say? And they're, they they gave me two studios to go to, and I went to the one studio, followed the advice to the T, got, got the job, and then the other studio I never followed up on. So clearly I didn't get the job for it, but I didn't feel like it was necessary to go and do because it was too far away from my house, and I didn't want to do it. And so that's, that's the thing. They're always going to give you answers to your questions that you are ready to receive the answer for. Now, some of the advice that they share is timely, meaning you have to take action in, on it because they're sharing that information based on that moment in time when they, when you ask the question. And if you wait on it, that possibility might expire. Because if I didn't take action on that one with that studio, because um, they told me to go and ask if I could observe the kids' class, and then I went and he said yes, and I went and observed the kids' class. And with a couple weeks, he called me back and asked me if I wanted to, to co-teach the class, and that was a way to get my foot in the door to teach adult classes there. And if I wouldn't have went, they probably would have asked another teacher at the studio to, to help with the kids' class if I wouldn't have went and asked to observe the kids' class. So I was on top of mine then. And so, um, and that was not a route I would have ever thought to even take, but they offer you possibilities that you're not considering as well that are in perfect alignment with your soul's evolution. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that I have found interesting, you know, when it comes to opportunities, you know, that, that window window of opportunities. You know, that, you know, yeah. that they can open and close. Um, and the fact that, um, that a, um, a course that one is seeking, you know, um, that there may be, um, alternate way, like yours, alternate ways of, of achieving it, something that is really not known. So it's kind of like, you know, taking the action and seeing where it leads, you know, and you may right. have a, an ultimate goal in mind, but, you know, there may be a few interim kinds of uh, steps that happen. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And it's just you got to follow the energy. Yeah, yeah, very, very much. Now, um I read that um, you also talk about soul-like language. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? I, I've really not heard of that before. Yeah, so light language is similar to speaking in tongues. So if you've ever heard about people speaking in tongues, light language is similar to speaking in tongues. And 
What light language does is it's a cosmic language of the soul. Um, every movement, every sound, every symbol, because there's different forms of light language, holds paragraphs of information. And we have human words that can capture the essence, but it doesn't capture the full meaning of it. And when someone speaks light language or uses the different forms of light language, it pushes past the conscious mind and communicates directly with the higher self, and, and it penetrates through the subconscious mind. And it helps reorganize the energy and the frequency of the person that's receiving the light language as well. And it supports them in evolving. It supports them in healing. It supports them in whatever it is, the intention that we're using the light language for in that particular moment. And it's really neat to see and witness because, um, like, for me, it, it sounds like a foreign language. Um, everyone's light language sounds very different. Everyone has the ability to speak or to use the different forms of light language. Um, people's light language can be activated by listening or watching someone else speak or perform the other forms of light language as well. And so I have a lot of my Sacred Awakening students, which is my Akashic Record program, where um, all of the healings and activations and attunements that I do in the program, there's always light language infused in them. And so a lot of times I'll have students that will come to me and like, hey, I'm like, I'm feeling the urge to start speaking light language or um, these foreign words are starting to come out of my mouth or um, I'm seeing symbols. And so um, it's really fun to, to watch it happen and unfold for people very, very naturally. And, but the, the thing is, is you want to know that how to purposely use the light language because light language is really, really powerful because it works with the subconscious and it clears out a ton of stuff in the subconscious. And I've often had um, students, and one of my one of my friends explained it the best, and I really loved how he explained it. He's like, and he was like, you're doing this activation and I was kind of starting to doze off, and the second you spoke light language, it was like my higher self said, hey, pay attention and listen. And I had no clue what you were saying, but I knew it was really important, and I could feel it on the soul level, what was coming through. And so we don't have to know exactly what is being said. Now, there are people that are able to interpret the essence of it, um, but it's all about intention behind it as well. And it's really, it's, it's like a... Think about it as like an extra like uh, upgrade when we're doing healings or meditations where it's just like adds a little zap, a little lightning bolt of energy through it to, to help support whatever the intention is for the healing and meditation. Yeah. Well, you know, after having you explain it, I think I have heard one example of that at one time. And, I mean, I, it was, you know, to me it was – Completely unrecognizable, you know, and, you know, yeah. now realizing that, you know, number one, maybe the purpose is not to try and pigeonhole, you know, through understanding, you know, what is being said. So I guess yeah. you know, bypassing that conscious um, framing, you know, um, so in that sense, I would see where that would be effective in kind of breaching that barrier, 
Yeah, and the, you know, and there are some people that are like, but I really want to know what it means. And I'm like, well, here's the essence <laughs> of it. Um, uh-huh. But it's, it's okay if we don't know the exact meaning because there literally isn't a translate a full translation for it. But there is always an essence, and that's that's the main thing is with anything with when it comes to um, like intuition or different um, spiritual modalities. You ha- there's a lot of trust that's required. And when you have that trust and you surrender to the process, magical doors open up. Yeah, that's great. Um, It's it's just, for me, it was just very interesting, you know, that... um, Oh, it's it's, super uh, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And it's weird. Like, I always preference, it's it's weird. It's very weird. So, (laughs) usually if I have, like, new people that are coming... Um, and attending something of mine, I will always, because I had this happen to me before too, where it's like, I just had someone just randomly start speaking light language, and I'm like, what are they doing? Are they talking to someone? Like, what's happening? And I didn't know what was happening because we were on the phone, so I couldn't see the person either. And I'm like, oh, that's light language. Okay, well, it, setting context is sometimes really important, especially in, when it comes to spiritual stuff. Um, so I always try yeah. to set context, like, beforehand when I'm doing different healings and things like that, because people, they, they don't know what it is. And right. everyone's light language is so different. And so if you've ever listened, to, if to any of your listeners, if you ever listened to someone else's light language and, and it was not your thing, I encourage you to listen to someone else's that feels in alignment with you because everyone's channeling very differently because it's very galactic is and, yeah. and it's very soul orientated um, as well. And for me, over the years, my light language, light language has changed, and I, you know, I didn't um, as an adult. I started receiving downloads that my guides wanted me to speak light language, and I told them no, like, many times. And I'm like, I don't want to. That's so weird. Like, I find it really strange. And they're like, no, Amy, like, it's really important. I'm like, but I don't want to. And so, like, finally I started, like, giving in. And then as I as I started practicing it more, I'm like, wait a second. My older sister and I, we used to speak light language to each other when we were kids, and we had our own language. And we knew exactly what each other was saying. And I'm like, oh, I've done this before. And it was just like a really, with any spiritual tool, it's a remembering. And it was just really neat. So I was like, oh, no, this isn't actually as weird as I think it is. It, but it's still weird. And I'm, I'm not even going to lie about that. It is still weird. But it's a fun weird, if that makes any sense. It does. It does. And, and it's good that you press it you know, the experience, you know, because people, I believe, you know, like me, would um, just spend the first of the experience trying to, um, trying to make sense, trying to understand, you know, you know, kind of focusing on the, what's being said versus simply allowing what is being said to take effect. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Well, we're, we're, and so it just kind of helps without that distraction. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, we're about halfway through the show, Amy. I want to take uh, just a quick break, and then when we come back, 
Um, I also noticed in, in some of the information um, about you um, that um, we can talk a little bit about shadow work, entities, and dark force. Okay. I, I'm curious about that. So everyone, stay yeah, tuned. No we'll be right back. After, great. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us. Again, today, my special guest is Amy Roperson, and we're talking about all of the various modalities that she utilizes and her work. Again, you can find out more by visiting her website, which is theamyrobeson.com, and that's T-H-E-A-M-Y-R-O-B-E-S-O-N.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Amy. Hi. Great. Okay. So I've um, kind of always been curious, you know, about the the dark, you know, dark forces. In, in now, oh. I understand, um, you know, uh, you know, shadow work. You know, the idea of some of those areas of our being that uh, we may not uh, particularly want to shine light on. Um, yeah. But can you can you tell us um you know but when when it comes to like demons and attachments and those kinds of things um I start to get a little um I don't know leery you know in, in a sense you uh, know that I go ahead you get uneasy yeah I get I, I get uneasy in the sense that I can understand. You know, there are, you know, people who, you know, who live to create chaos and, and destruction. And, I, you know, I understand in the the scheme of life we have, you know, constructive and destructive forces, you know, and in that sometimes yeah. things have to be destroyed, you know, broken down in order to be rebuilt better. But so can you yeah, talk a little bit so. about the idea, your experience? in the yeah, you know, area so, of shadow work. I'm similar to you where it was like I I didn't even want to hear about stuff like that. I wasn't interested in stuff like that. 
And um, it really made me feel really uneasy if someone even talked about it because I was just like, mm, I don't want to look at that. Um, I want to just, you know, stay in my little love and light bubble over here. Um, but unfortunately, there are just things in our um, – because everything is energy. And mm-hmm. instead of looking at it as, like, dark and evil, we want to look at it as, is it lower vibrational frequency or higher vibrational frequency? Mm-hmm. And if you look at it from that perspective, it kind of like takes the edge off of it. And sometimes um, people just get things that are attached to them. Um, that could be through psychic attacks. That could be through um, just verbal assault. Uh, that people may experience. It could even be through things that they're looking at on social media that has lower vibrational frequencies attached to it. And when we consume those things, they can attach to us, especially if we're in a vulnerable state or a vulnerable frequency. So if you're sad or depressed or angry or in fear, we can welcome things into our field, into our energy field, um, unknowingly or knowingly, and they feed off of those fears, and they feed off of that energy. And a lot of these these beings are trying to be malicious. There are beings that are trying to be malicious. And so it's really important for people to understand that um, it's important to be conscious of what you're consuming, because what you consume plays a major effect on your frequency and what attaches and what releases from your energy field. And then um, it's also extremely important to clear your energy and to stand proud and protected in your energy at all times as well. And then as far as, like, the shadow work, and I don't usually use the word demon because that's just not, I mean, most of the time, if I'm working with a client that has something that's attached to to them, um, it's just something of a lower frequency. I wouldn't call it a demon. Now, have I seen some really dark things that could be attached to people? Yes, absolutely. But it's more so just really confused frequencies or confused beings that have attached themselves, and they've overstayed their welcome, and they just need to be cleared out of that person's energy field. Um, and for that person to reclaim their sovereignty, which is really important. And then as far as, like, shadow work, um, we we all have shadows. We all have these amazing um, ways that we go about life, and then we have our shadow parts that can really control our reality because they're stuck in the past or they've been conditioned or created out of necessity from a previous experience, and that previous experience is no longer necessary to have that shadow in place anymore. And so we want to look at these aspects of ourselves that are out of balance. And when we have the opportunity to look at those aspects of ourselves that are out of balance, we can bring them into balance and into wholeness and recognize their wholeness and let go of the drivers that are driving it to behave and to act and to be a certain way that's no longer in alignment with your soul's path. 
Okay. Well, good. Well, you know, and, and I like that perspective of higher frequency, lower frequency, you know, even the idea of um, a lower frequency attachment, you know, the idea that, um, and, you know, because I, I mean, if one is to just, you know, turn on whatever their, you know, means of getting information, you know, whatever mm -hmm. that may be, <laughs> there is a, a plethora of, of negativity that can be um, brought in to one's energetic field. And um, it's important, I'm sure, to manage, you know, what one surrounds themselves with energetically. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, like there's, you know, for for me, I'm not a big person of watching the news. Um, I, I stay up to date on what's happening, but I am very selective on things that I consume because I know as a very sensitive individual, as an empath, there's just certain things I know that if I see it, I can't unsee it. And so if there, like my husband will be like, hey, did you see that video, you know, that thing that happened with the police or this happened with this? And I'm like, no, no, I did not. And no, I'm not going to watch it. And it's because, like, I can't see it. And as an empath, you try to problem solve something, be it fiction or nonfiction. And so I'm very protective of the way that, of what I consume and how I consume it. And it, it doesn't even necessarily have to be that drastic. If you are watching something or consuming something, let's say a non-fiction, a fiction TV show, and if you notice mm -hmm. you're starting to get agitated with it, that's not in alignment with your energy. That is affecting your energy in so many different ways, and it's causing, it can be causing fear, it can be causing anxiety, it can be causing stress, and that creates vulnerability within the frequency, within your energy signature, within your energy field, and if you're stressed out and you're, you're scared, that, that can make you vulnerable to other things, and so we want to be very conscious of these things and clear our energy and protect our energy in a way that allows us to feel empowered, and that's the big thing is feeling empowered and standing in our power in a very humble way. Yeah, yeah, very much, and, and I would think that that um, would also include um, individuals, you know, the, the what would be toxic to someone, you know, individuals whose energy would agitate, you know, that that mm -hmm. that is also important to minimize that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, with, with agitation can cause all sorts of different things that happen. Yeah, very much so. Well, I know we're covering a lot of the different areas, but I just want the people to understand that you are just so multifaceted, you know, and what's your approach that, that uh, send you this, uh, you know, stimulates the interest of the listeners that they can certainly seek you out. Um, but one of the other areas, too, is in the area of activation of our DNA. Um you know, you know, I understand that in, in our DNA there's a lot of it, you know, that we don't use. 
so to speak, you know, that that time oh, yeah. I talked about, quote, junk <laughs> DNA. And I've always had a uh, kind of a question. That, you know, I, junk, I don't know if it's junk, <laughs> but, but, you know, it might just have an unknown purpose, you know, the way I've kind of looked at it. So can you talk a little bit about about that, you know, the DNA yeah. and activation and yeah, so we, we spend our entire life activating our DNA. And we can activate our DNA through meditation, through spiritual practices. And then what I do, um, minimum twice a year, is I purposely activate a certain amount of strands of DNA. Where it's like I'm going in, I'm going, we're going to activate this amount of strands. It's usually 24 or more. Um, and then what what I end up doing with that is it allows things to accelerate really quickly. And to back up just a, a, a little bit, you have trillions and trillions and trillions of cells within your body. And the majority of those cells have DNA in them. And our DNA holds information memories, um, and when I say information, it's information that your soul can use to evolve. It can be memories from your soul past or your soul per- many purposes in this lifetime, your soul gifts, your ancestral gifts, and or ancestral trauma that wants to be cleared so it doesn't continue to be passed on along the lineage. And so we can go in and we spend our entire life activating DNA. Some people are very unaware of this. Um, and some of the strands just activate very naturally. And then um, what I do and the method I've been taught, and I do every, everything that I do um, from activations to light language to uh, playing with the crystalline energy, everything that I do is always done inside of the Akashic Records. Um, and so when I do these activations, they're, one, a lot of fun, and we go in and we activate 24 strands, and then we clear things and restructure the DNA so that you can have a different experience. And so it boosts intuition. It boosts memory. It, um, like, I've had clients that have told me, like, hey, Amy, I just got this really amazing job offer after I did this DNA activation. I had someone tell me, like, um, the way that I receive intuitive information is, like, amplified. I've had a uh, student tell me that she had this, like, toenail fungus that she's had for a really long time, and, like, all of a sudden it disappeared. And another student told me that, um, and I've had this not only from one student, but I've had other um, practitioners that do DNA work as well. And I'm a blonde, so I haven't personally seen this myself, but I've seen it for others. Um, and this is not a promise, though, but they said that their their white hair started turning back to color from doing mm-hmm. some of this DNA work. And so it's kind of fun to, like, see all these, like, different, different, um, cool, cool different things that happen for different people. Um, but the, the main thing is, is people just feel different. And when you feel different, you do things differently. And when you do yeah. things differently, well, it starts to change. And so it's really neat to witness. Yeah, that that's that's really cool. And you know, and um and I, I think the you know, the recognizing that you know, our DNA 
you know, is not only um, gathering information, but that we affect our DNA with, I'm, you know, I was reading studies about how emotions feed into and affect DNA, you know, and yes. just how how important it is, you know, to be aware of of that, you know, and, and, and the fact that, you know, we are, through our actions, thoughts, and deeds, you know, um, we are affecting our DNA and, um, and how that manifests outward is, I'm sure, like you said, you know, different upon the individual. Wow. Well, guys, we're down to about 10 minutes, Amy. There was one other area that I kind of want to, you know, throw in and talk about, and, and that is, is uh, um, you, you talk about the importance of animal spirit guides. So can you tell us um, a little bit about your work with that? Yeah, so um, animal spirit guides have been around for centuries. Like, you know, indigenous people have worked with animal spirit guides forever. Um, animal spirit guides are really coming forward as we go through this massive awakening because they want to support us on our journey. And animal spirit guides will show up and they'll stay with you for the rest of your soul's journey in this lifetime or they might just show up for a short period of time. Um, but whatever, however they show up and whenever they show up, it's really important to pay attention because they have special messages. They have ways that they want to support us. They have special gifts that they can or we can utilize on our journey to to evolve as well. And the the animal spirit guides, one, they're always around, but it's just up to us to pay attention to what's going on and how they're showing up for us and what they're wanting to share with us. So do, do the guides kind of change depending on the energy? I mean, you know, because I mean, I, I yeah, what have you some have going on in your life? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, you know, I have some friends who, you know, deal with an energy, animal energy a lot. You know, and it's only kind of recently that I've, you know, just take a notice of, you know, the animals that surround me or if, uh, like, an animal should happen to cross my path, you know, and it's yeah. like, oh, okay, you know, what what's that mean? You know, and I kind of look at it, you know, kind of, yeah, you know, that's, that's... do the, I, I, I do the search and see, okay, what, what, what's that all about? Um, but, uh, you know, to me, it, it's, it is an, uh, an awareness kind of thing. You know, I mean, I've, you know, yeah. been, you know, 60 years, and then I would say a good portion of those, uh, you know, animals had a very tertiary, you know, kind of by the wayside kind of um, place in my life. But it's only, you know, like within the last, you know, 20 years or so that, that I would say that I've taken notice of it. So it seems that... Well, it seems like awareness is um, is important. Cause once I started, you know, looking it up, you know, like when a, a deer would cross my face or my my path or 
an owl, you know, would kind of, or a hawk would fly by, you know, I would kind of take a look at that. And even, I think one of the, the, the first ones that really got my attention was a caterpillar. <laughs> I was, oh, I was on a walk. I was on a walk and in my neighborhood, you know, we have, uh, you know, roadways, you know, that are, you know, um, come into and out of the, the neighborhood. But I was walking and just out of the blue, I looked down right in front of me in my path, a few steps ahead was a caterpillar crossing the road, you know, and it was like right near the end of the asphalt. And, and, and it just, you know, at that moment, I just kind of, I, and it was weird because I mean, I, you know, I, I do, a lot of times I don't really look down. I tend to look up or straight ahead when I'm walking. But, um, but then it was, the, the thought that popped into my mind at that time was, you know, here is this caterpillar who just crossed this, from its perspective, huge asphalt, hot, you know, piece of ground, you know, and survived, you know, all of the cars that were kind of coming by, you know, and, and I just thought that that was interesting. And then the fact that it was just about ready to get into the meeting grass, the grass in the middle. I thought, you know, it, I wonder if it's recognizing that after all of that hard asphalt, you know, it's going to have some nice cool grass lying ahead. So anyway, and it was at the time <laughs> where I was, I was kind of going through, you know, a, a challenging um, period when it came time to um, my path and kind of what I was doing. And then, you know, it was like struggle, struggle, struggle. And, and then once I had that kind of thought, you know, that came into my head, it was like, we well, you know, all of that was asphalt. <laughs> All the things that I'm going through was asphalt. Yeah, you, know, you got it. Recognize that there's some green, cool grass ahead. Um, but anyway, from, the, from that point on, I've kind of just, you know, whenever any of that kind of animal or creature, the kind of thing comes, you know, to my awareness, I usually now take a, a pause just to see if there's any message or, you know, because that was – you know, the, that quote message that I got was, I mean, it certainly wasn't a linear, logical kind of way of thinking for me, you know, so I recognized that it, yeah. it was beyond that. So then I, you know, so, so I've done that, you know, ever since then, and, and uh, it's been kind of fun sometimes. Oh, I love it. There's a, there's a really great book for anybody that's interested from Stephen Farmer, and it's Animal Spirit Guides, an easy-to-use handbook for identifying and understanding your power animals and animal spirit helpers. Um, I really like that book um, just because he has, like, a good um, explanation of the different different types of animals, and even insects are in there, too. Um, but with anything, even with, like, crystal books or animal spirit books, if the message doesn't resonate with you, that doesn't mean that that animal or that crystal doesn't have a special message for you. It just means that that is their interpretation. It doesn't fit what that animal or that crystal is trying to share with you. And so I love that you actually, like, really took the time to observe and, like, really got the message really clear on how that – particular spirit guide was crossing your path and the meaning of it right then and there. So it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. It was one of those, like, seminal moments, you know, where 
my perspective shifted, you know, for for from that point forward. And you know, it's wonderful to have those happen. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Well, Amy, we're down toward the end of the show, so we've covered a whole lot of area. Um, is there anything, maybe any particular final message or comments that you may want to pass on to the listeners that we haven't covered? Sure. Would you Would you like me to give a channel message from the Guardians of the Records for your listeners? Oh, that would be great. I would love it. Awesome. So the Guardians are saying that this is a great time of observation. And what they mean by that is it's an observation of self. What what does what does the self truly be is meaning to do? What is the self wanting to do? And so, if you take a moment and to observe your thoughts, your wishes and desires, because wishes and desires can be different than one another, and you observe what those are, and you observe, are you taking the action towards those very things to allow them to actualize in your life? He'll start making different decisions. And the guardians are also saying that it's really important to not only be an observer of your own life, but be the observer of the collective as well and see how the collective is in alignment and out of alignment with some of your values. And the reason for this is, is because you don't have to follow the collective. You don't have to follow the masses because there are very – very important things that you're meant to be doing in this lifetime that goes against popular opinion, popular beliefs. And the more that you actually beat to your own drum and make the noise and the song that your soul is meaning to make, change will happen in the collective because everyone that's uniquely doing this will start creating a different frequency for the life collective to start to change and to start to move out of mass control. And when we don't follow the collective, when we follow our hearts, we get to experience life to its fullest meaning and not on other people's terms and other people's agendas as well. Wow, that's great. I, I love that advice. I love that advice. So. Well, thank you for your time today, Amy. I've, I've really enjoyed our conversation, and now I followed. I like your page on Facebook, and started following you on Instagram. And, and for those oh. who want to do the same, they they can do so by you know, at, at your website. So I look forward to keeping in touch. Hello, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you, Amy. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Amy Robeson. And, again, you can find out more by visiting her website, which is theamyrobeson.com, and that's T-A-T-A-M-Y-R-O-B-E-S-O-N.com. So, everyone, thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bite Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.